Welcome to our Artivism Chat. Each time we talk to amazing artivists who dedicate their artwork to protect the environment. I hope you will enjoy our chats. Hi Alicia, welcome to the room. Um, we're just starting to set up and waiting for everyone. Hi Norbert. Hello, looking forward to our room tonight. Welcome everybody. Yeah, me too. Hi, Kimberly. So we're just gonna take a few seconds to ping our guests in for tonight and then we're gonna welcome the audience and start slowly. So um, just a few seconds. Um, Norbert, maybe you'd like to just uh, give a quick intro about the scuba rooms and um, say a quick hello why I ping in our guest. So here's my quick hello. Um, my name is Norbert. I uh, founded the scuba club. As you can see in the picture, I'm an avid scuba diver and uh, will be finally after so much time after two, three weeks, within two, three weeks, I will go diving again. And uh, we've been holding a number of rooms on underwater photography, places to dive and so forth. Um, not, not too many lately, but uh, uh, maybe sometime soon again. So if you're curious about those, please get back to me and let me know. And uh, Nina is uh, doing, I think this is our seventh uh, Archivism chat. Number nine. Number nine. <laughs> yes. See how well I can count? <laughs> I only have one hand, so uh, only six fingers. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, learn about uh, some more uh, artists uh, today, and I hope you'll uh, enjoy listening to us as well. I live in Frankfurt in Germany, Nina lives in Paris, and uh, we'll have a couple more international um, uh, folks around, and we'll be introducing ourselves as we're going around. Nina? Yes, I'm here. So I was just trying to ping in Evie, which is going to come in a few a few minutes. So uh, welcome everyone to our ninth edition to our Artivism Chat. I'm super excited because we have a great artist as always. We're going to introduce um, them to you before we start chatting um, about what they do and how they got inspired. So normally how it works, we have um, four moderators, uh, which is Norbert, Taylor, um, Janavi and me. We are waiting for Taylor uh, because Janavi unfortunately had to drop out last minute today because of um, too much work, which is good for an artist. So we um, congratulate her for that, but we will miss her uh, very much tonight. And Taylor is gonna join us as well. So we are normally we are four moderators tonight. We are three. Um, we're gonna lead you through the room, and uh, we have um, four amazing artists, um, all women tonight, uh, who give their passion to protect the environment. And it's um, yeah, it's a great pleasure to hear more how they got inspired, how their journey was. So I think. In the last um, eight artivism sh um, rooms we had run, it was always um, really, really excited and exciting. And um, uh, I just got a message. I can't see Evie. Can you see Evie, Norbert? Because I can't see her, so I might have to. I ask can't her. see her either. If uh, <coughs> if she is listening and 
there is a bug in the software. Get out of the room, please, and come on back in if you can do that. Uh, sometimes this is one of the tricks that happens. Yeah. Oh, there you, there you are. <laughs> that worked. Well, I'm just going to make you a moderator. So we are still waiting for um, Taylor. I just said that um, John Avi unfortunately can't join us tonight. And I had a message from Loretta as well um, that she was feeling um, not well, so she can't join us either. But um, that doesn't matter. We just gonna um, have three artists tonight. And I see there are lots of um, other artists who joined us as well. Emma, who was part of our last room and Sarah, who's gonna be in our next room. So <laughs> if you're an artist, don't hesitate to raise your hands towards the end of um, our chats and come on stage. And there's Taylor, make a moderator. So um, just a quick introduction to myself and Janavi, who's not here tonight. Um, so we are both um, artivists. Um, we give our passion to protect the environment with, with art. Uh, for myself, I'm also a children's book author. I have written um, children's books to, um, about plastic pollution and endangered sea creatures, and I use um, those to go to schools and to raise awareness. So I work a lot with the next generation and um, yeah, and try to raise awareness of, of um, the problems so we can make better choices in our daily lives. And I would like to hand over to Taylor to he can introduce himself quickly to everyone. Hey Nina, thank you. Norbert, what's up? Good to hear you, see you. Um, my name is Taylor Griffith. I am a artist um, from Oakland, California. Uh, I'm currently living and working in Los Angeles, and I mainly focus on issues around the ocean and uh, the relationship between humans and the sea. Uh, I work across photography, sculpture, painting, printmaking, bookmaking, so truly a multidisciplinary approach to the interdisciplinary nexus of art and science. And I'm really excited to be here today and excited for another one of these amazing chats. So thank you. Amazing. And so just for Janavi, uh, so it's Janavi Kramer, who is uh, below and beyond art, and she is a British artist and scientific illustrator. She does amazing work. So if you have some time, um, check her out. And next time she will be here. Um, next time Norbert won't be here. So I think we're just going to switch around a little bit. But that's why we're four moderators. So tonight we're going to have um, Alicia, Kimberly and Evelyn who are joining us. And um, the way the room normally works is uh, we start with a little warm up question. So because uh, lots of us are new on Clubhouse, so we um, learn how to mute and unmute. Um, we get used to speaking and then we, we start with the um, proper questions. So tonight, um, the warm-up question before I do the proper introduction to who you are is, are you a dolphin or a shark person? And um, so how we usually do it, if you pull to refresh, that means you pull down the screen, you see the order, um, the people appear on stage, and I can see Alicia first, Norbert, Kimberly, Evelyn, and Taylor. So in that order, we're gonna go around. So um, yeah, shark or dolphin, Alicia? Uh um, hi, I hope you can hear me. Um, yes. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Um, that's a really interesting question. Um, it made me giggle when you asked it. Um, maybe dolphin? Um, because 
I feel like I know a little bit more about dolphins and I know how playful they are and I feel like I quite I quite like that aspect of their personalities. But also sharks are really like really great and I feel like lots of people they got a lot of bad press, so maybe sharks I f- I feel bad for not saying sharks. <laughs> but I think dolphins for me. I love that. <laughs> So if you pull to refresh again, I, uh, this is another thing we sometimes do. We put different pictures into our bio picture. So uh, I, I was going to chicken out a little bit like Alicia saying uh, that uh, I'm a shark person, but I've had the fortune to see uh, both sharks and dolphins uh, at really, really close distance uh, underwater diving. I can highly, highly recommend both. And I hope in uh, two or three weeks, I'll see a couple hundred more sharks. Um, so this is a carpet shark on my picture. It's called a wobbegong. Uh, you can find those in, in Papua New Guinea and in Australia mostly. And uh, I love seeing those, but uh, also the hammerheads that I will hopefully see more of sometime soon. But as Alicia said, dolphins are wonderful, very lively and playing underwater. So um, both are great. Kimberly. Hi. Um... I'm actually more the dolphin person because um, yeah, dolphins and whales were actually the reason um, why I started to get into marine biology. So I'm actually a marine biologist and also artist. And yeah. Um, good, good answer. If you- Hey. Hi. Can you all hear me? Yes, loud and clear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> perfect. Um, so nice to be here. I'm, I'm super excited for this. And for this question, actually, it's quite difficult for me <laughs> to answer. I'm in love with dolphins, um, also um, in their playful character. But I very much connect to the fearlessness of sharks. So that's why I'm a bit torn. Um, I might, if I have to pick one, I think I might go with the dolphins in the end. <laughs> They're amazing animals and so, so smart. That's very true. So we have lots of dolphins tonight and um, I'm excited to see what you say, Taylor, as well. Oh, that's a, it's tricky. It's a really tough one. I think I go back and forth between the two, but probably more dolphin shockingly right now just because i've seen more dolphins lately than i have sharks um there's been a ton um here along the coast of california uh over the past few months so i've just seen more of them lately but sharks always have a special place in my heart as well how is that will you let us in that secret (laughs) Oh, just, they're such amazing creatures. Um, if people have had chance to interact with them and see them out in the wild, it's a certain level of just humbling respect that you have for this massive apex predator being in their environment. Um, last time I was with a shark was in Hawaii. We were just diving along a reef in probably 30, 40 feet of water. And you always check underneath the ledges because they like to hang out down there. So you just poke your head down and you come face to face with a little white tip shark. Um, Yeah, so just interactions like that. But dolphins lately have been more 
out as I'm walking along the coast, collecting up plastics and debris, um, just seeing them play right at the edge of the kelp forest. And as some of you know, kelp has been at the forefront of my mind lately. Um, so that's why dolphins more recently, just because they're there and uh, in my mind more. <laughs> just, just to briefly build on Taylor's point, um, as opposed to what Evelyn says, a lot of the smaller sharks are, are not fearless at all. They're very, very cautious and, and uh, they can be eaten as well. And uh, the, the smaller the sharks are, the more cautious they come towards you as well. Because if you're as a diver in the water, like upright, nothing they know is upright and bubbles out of your head if, if you're using a normal uh, 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 respiratory system, not a rebreathing system. Uh, is very unusual to them. So usually they're they're cautious, and and many of them know that they have more to lose than to win by by being cocky. Uh, the bigger <laughs> they are, the less the less uh, uh, the less fearful they are. Yeah, and I think for the draft lantern shark, which is like the size of your hand, I think you have to go into the deep sea to even spot it. So, um, but I'm yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a shark person. I would say, <laughs> I guess it's the um, being involved with the um, Shark Guardian and the uh, EU finning um, campaign, I was just um, two years of campaigning to stop shark finning. I think I'm a shark shark person, <laughs> even though I think um, if I would see dolphins every day, I probably feel the same, but I haven't had that much interaction. But anyway, so we have now warmed up, I would say, and uh, I'm going to introduce um, you to the audience. And so I have prepared the first question um, to everyone uh, when, while we go around is, I would love to know from you if you how you connected to art, so how you connected. Are you a um, self-trained artist or have you studied art? Um, from Kimberly, we have already heard that she's a marine biologist. And often I find that with artivism, we have marine biologists who turn to artists rather than artists who turn into um, environmental uh, subjects. So I find that really interesting to hear. And it would also be nice to hear if there was a moment in your life where you thought that was shocking. Um, that's why I had to like um, turn my art into artivism work. So this is really what I'm interested in. If I can repeat the question as I asked too many, but um, so we're going to start with Alicia Hayden. And um, Alicia has a very impressive um, yeah, CV already and is still very young. Uh, you went to Oxford University and you are doing a master's in wildlife filming in partnership with the BBC. And yeah, please tell us more. Tell us about your um, art that has won an award. Um, tell us everything. So um, from how you got into art, when it turned into artivism and your journey. So welcome, Alicia. Oh, hi, that was a really, <laughs> really kind intro. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll try and, I'll try and get through all of that because I'm worried I'm going to forget halfway through. But um, I guess like I got into, I, I grew up in North Yorkshire, so I've always been really into nature and um, I've always been quite creative and enjoyed sort of playing around with, with drawing and stuff. And I'm kind of mostly self-taught, I'd say. I did um, GCSE art, um, so like art up until 16. Um, and um, that was really fun and I really enjoyed that. But then since then, I've, I haven't had any formal education, so I'm now 22. Um, and I'd say I've mostly kind of, I think my style has kind of developed just because I like playing around with different media. Like um, often people will, will buy me sort of um, 
art equipment <laughs> um, as like a little gift, like, you know, for birthdays and things. Like um, my partner got me a box of inks a couple of Christmases ago. And that kind of got me really into experimenting with acrylic inks, which is now kind of what I work in a lot, a lot of the time. Um, I guess, like, like you say, I have a science background, but um, I have that because I've always really loved nature and I kind of, you know, naturally gravitated towards it, but I've always gravitated towards the art as well. So I think for me, it's always been a case of having these kind of two interlinked um, interests. And so it felt really natural to always be drawing wildlife just because it was what I was most interested in um and um yeah with, with um artivism it's sort of it's one of those things where I guess it kind of just started happening in 2020 so I sort of um with my degree I was reading a lot of um scientific papers and um sort of looking at research and um trying to think of ways of like communicating that and and art felt like a really natural way of doing that um and then I saw that um David Shepherd Wildlife Foundation, they had a category that, um, the human impact category, which was sort of for wildlife artificism, and I kind of feel like that sort of kind of kick-started the interest in it, because I thought, oh, it's, a, it's an actual thing that people do, and um, so I sort of created um, the whale piece, which you can see in my little, like, bio picture, I'm holding it there, um, I created that in, in response to kind of how noise pollution affects whales and cetaceans, and then I think since then I've not really stopped like I do a variety of different kind of artifacts and pieces but I tend to kind of I'm not sure I have quite a few I haven't released at the moment because I'm sort of holding them back and I'm gonna probably do them in a burst in a few months time but um I'm trying to think if I've answered all your questions um yeah that's kind of my story <laughs> no that was already oh you know what I love about artivism is that you can tell you can give somebody a scientific paper about noise pollution and how it affects whales and they might read it, but they might not be affected by it. And I think your whale is such a brilliant example. When you see the noise and the whale in one picture, you, you, you start thinking about it. You start thinking about why you are telling that story. And I think um, it, 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 it can say so much more in just one visual than, than a whole. I mean, of course, you need to know a little bit more of background and what it is, but I find that what can trigger someone to have interest is exactly that piece and um yeah you won you won an award didn't you do you want to tell us a bit about that um yeah sure and, and yeah i completely agree i think like art is great because it's like you know a picture tells a thousand words right so i think it, it communicates to more people because people can see a piece of art and and take a lot from it and i think it can communicate um quite complex issues and in, in a sort of way that other people can understand you know without having a a science background which I think is really important but um yeah so um I, I won the um human impact category um last year in David Shepard Wildlife Foundation's Wildlife Arts of the Year um which is a category aimed at 16 to 22 year olds and um you're meant to create a piece that looks at how um humans are impacting the natural world and the wildlife in it and um yeah so it was um it was really cool I'm very unexpected <laughs> um like I said I'd created the piece sort of based on research I'd, I'd been looking at and um yeah just sort of entered it off with a couple of other pieces that I'd not entered before um and uh I remember I was extremely sort of like nervous like wanting to find out if I'd even got shortlisted and I was also working for my finals for my undergraduate degree and then um the actual virtual award ceremony was was during my finals so I had like four last four exams and it was like in the middle of 
them and um <laughs> I was I was so emotional because I think I was very stressed but really pleased and um it was all a bit of a blur now <laughs> I feel like the adrenaline was going through me quite a lot but um yeah it was it's been it's been great and I've I've had so many cool opportunities come off the back of it as well which has been so much fun yeah, and you obviously deserved it. So congratulations to all of that success. And uh, I love when it happens unexpected uh, as well. And Norwood or Taylor, do you want to um, say something to Alicia before we move um, to Kimberly? Or do you have any questions to... Um, Doesn't, but let, let's move on first. And then get let everybody speak for a round and then we come back with questions, I suggest. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to <laughs> give you the opportunity to say something before I uh, run. You know, you know how shy I am, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so next we have Kimberly Schwartz. If I'm not mistaken, you're from Germany, um, like Norbert and me originally. And uh, you, so you studied marine biology and um, you worked on the effects on microalgae um, and seaweed. So there will be a great connection to Taylor there, I think, as well. And yeah, we are really excited to have you here to hear more about your work. It's super beautiful. You work with um, different mediums. You work with watercolor, with stippling work, dot work, um, acrylics, and you create wonderful image of the images of the ocean. So welcome, Kimberly, and um, please tell us more about um, you and how you got into activism, artivism work. Thank you for the invitation and also for the introduction, Nina. Um, yeah, I got into art. Um, actually, I was drawing um, my whole life. So I started art when I was a little kid and I was always fascinated um, by the ocean. That's why I studied um, marine biology. Actually, I got into marine biology because um, I wanted to study um, yeah, the uh, dolphins or whales. Um, but in my studies, um, I was really interested in um, marine botany, so to study um, seaweed. Um, so I wrote my bachelor thesis on um, rhodolus and later on I did my masters and um, cultivated seaweed so colapa lentilifera which are sea grapes and actually during my masters I got uh, more into art um, I got a message from a, um, from a company which um, was also selling seaweed products and uh, she asked me to draw some scientific illustrations of seaweed and yeah um, when i got my master's degree i um, did another job and um, also did the illustrations for her and then i decided to do it um, more in a professional way so I started to, um, yeah, to create my business. And um, what what was the question there? <laughs> no, I was just. I think from your um, from your background, it's quite clear how you got into the ocean um, artwork, love, I would say. 
But it's funny, I think, when someone who studies um, marine biology um, gets asked to do um, drawings in that sense, you know, you would normally maybe, maybe this is a silly question, but maybe not expect doing the artwork after having um, having the degree in um, yeah in the research and things like that but you but that's something that was really um, something you wanted to do as well something that really is also your passion so you have art and marine biology as your passion that you combine and you would be almost more happy to work in art than in marine biology. Is that right? If I um, just summarize a little bit what you just said. Yeah, I always uh, wanted to combine actually uh, science and art. So for me, the problem was in science that um, that um, yeah, the other people which are not from science, uh, from a scientific field, um, do not have access to um, all the publications or the research about um, yeah, environmental changes or the impact of um, climate change on um, different species. And um, when combining it with art, it's like you can show all the other people which are not in the scientific field, um, yeah, what the problem is, what the what the current problem is. Yeah, and I think that's really important that you can break it down, that it is understandable for anyone. And I think that's especially important when you work with children because um, you have to stay, if you work with very young children, like three to five years, you have to stay in a very simple vocabulary and you have to break it down. And I think this is almost the same as art. You break it down so anyone can understand it and but it still has the important message to it um yes of course and um actually the younger generation um is yeah um i mean you have to tell the younger younger generation that um we have to change something because um the younger generation is um, most impacted of um, the climate change, for example. Yes, that's very true, even though it's not their fault at all. Um, but thank you, Kimberly or Kim, and um, we're going to come back to you later. I'm going to introduce Evelyn Anka, Evie, and uh, so Evie is a zero waste artist, I, <laughs> I call it like that because this is also how you uh, mention it in your bio and I really love that because you work with existing um, plastic that you find on beaches and uh, yeah, just anything that you can put into beautiful, beautiful artwork. Absolutely love what you create and um, yeah, we would love to hear more from you, how you got into doing this type of art and what you normally do in your profession, if this is your profession. So welcome, um, welcome tonight, um, Evie. Hey all, um, thank you for the introduction. And, and I, I mean, I'm enjoying so much hearing your stories, Alicia and Kimberly. Um, it's really inspiring. And also I can relate very much to what you both say about science and the importance of communicating science through art and, and reaching people that would normally not read scientific articles. Um, so I very much agree with that. 
a little bit about me. I I didn't really um, study art. I actually learned psychology for my undergrad. Um, at some point, I thought that not studying biology is going to be a problem if I want to be involved in conservation. And I actually gave it a try <laughs> and failed. Um, and then I ended up finishing my psychology degree and um, looked forward to study primatology. This is what I'm doing now. I'm currently in the UK studying for my master's in primatology. Um, I always drew and I, I did art since I was a little girl. I played around with different materials. I drew, I sculpted, um, but I never learned it. Um, there was something about me hating people telling me how to do art. <laughs> um, so I tried to learn art and that didn't go very well. And until this day, I'm wondering um, how things would be like if I went to study art um, properly. Um, but I'm self-taught and a lot of, a lot of the inspiration uh, to do art and Art for conservation is from my travels and, and from um, awareness about all these issues. And I am not coming, like, I'm in love with the ocean, but that come, came in a later stage in my life. Um, my biggest passion was big, is still big cats. Um, and when I traveled to Africa and learned so much about what people are doing to lions, and that canid hunting is legal, this is what sparked my um, artivism, the artivism in me. And yeah, <laughs> from there, it's all history. <laughs> from there, I started volunteering, protesting, um, drawing, and, and then I got involved very much with plastic pollution. And again, wanting, like, hoping to communicate what I see when I go to clean up beaches and what these, um, the waste that we're creating is doing to animals and how we can communicate these facts, like the fact that there is plastic in, in, in the placenta, that it, there's plastic in our lungs, there's plastic in the air, all these things um, using plastic itself. Um, so hopefully, <laughs> um, did I cover all your questions? <laughs> Oh yes, I uh, know. I mean, I could ask. I could listen for another ten minutes. So that's, um, um, yeah. I don't even know what you said. I had to smile so often when you were talking because uh, some things uh, you said uh, I could really relate to as well. And you said you studied psychology at the beginning, no? And um, that's something I would say any every artist needs as well. <laughs> education, yeah. because artists are so. I don't know, but when you create, you put yourself out there. You put a piece of what you feel out there. You are so vulnerable. And this this is that is like, you know, it's very brave to do that. But you're so vulnerable and you have to kind of start learning how to, you know, deal with what other people think and not let that affect you and be you. So I think the combination is brilliant. And um yeah and i think it was i went to a classical like a classic uh, university of art and design and i thought that there were all the courses you could take but i thought you had to be quite 
passionate about what you wanted to do. And I think anyone can be passionate. A self-taught artist is passionate. So I think being at art school or not is not actually what makes you a, a good artist in the long run. I think practicing something um, persistently, um, consistently <laughs> for a long term uh, um, and being passionate is what makes an artist so university or not. I mean, I think that doesn't have any impact on your final results. So and yeah, I think um, yeah, I think you told us um, you um, what impacted you and how it changed everything. So yes, I um, think we have covered the first round of questions. Unless Taylor and Norwood have any comments or would like to jump in. Just uh, just some comic relief, Evelyn. Your uh, family name is Anka, right? As, as I can read, and uh, a friend of mine, you're right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, you know that Anka means duck as well in some, some language. So a friend of mine is called Anka in her first name, and she actually collects rubber ducks. Um, and so maybe that's, that's an idea for one of your uh, future pieces of arts. And of course, being somebody with a business background, I want to cut out of that definitely if you come up with some great ideas because uh, I suggested you should collect some, uh, some rubber ducks and, and make something out of that and pretend that it has to do with your family name. <laughs> so. That sounds like a great idea. Um, actually, Anka is a, common, is a common first name in Romania. I'm also originally Romanian, but it's my last name um, <laughs> uh, for some reason. Uh, but yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. I would love to, to get to know Buona her. Sera. Buona sera. I was born in Romania, but I came to Germany at the age of two. So here we find out things about people. Taylor, anything to add? Uh, if I could just ask a quick question, doesn't need a long explanation, but is there an artwork that you have seen? This is for everybody. Um, an artwork that you've seen, which has really made an impact on you that sort of inspired you in some way or another. Uh, related to climate, oceans, land, etc. <laughs> um, would anyone like to start? Otherwise, I can just quickly start off um, because artwork, photography is artwork as well, right, Taylor? Photographers are oh, yeah, artists. Any so medium, non-medium-specific. And um, so the, for me, it was the Justin Hoffman um, seahorse with a cotton bud who changed absolutely everything for me. And it's funny because I read some articles um, and he, I don't think, is so happy that that picture is his most famous one. But it has completely changed my life. So for me, that is that answer. <laughs> but I'm not a guest, but I wanted to answer. Alicia, Evelyn, uh, Kimberly, do you have something similar? Um, yes, yeah, so I've just literally just quickly changed the photo to, to, to the one I um, think is maybe my most inspirational one. It's um, one by Martin Aveling, um, and it's probably the one that got me into wildlife artivism. Um, so it's one of him, um, a tiger transitioning into a barcode. And I remember coming across it a few years ago, and I just I loved it. I thought it was so cool, such a really unique way of exploring kind of um, illegal trade in, in tigers. And I just I loved it. And I think that's kind of that, that was really what, what got me into artivism, I think. He looks so sad, though, Alicia. Well, the the tiger. I mean, he's yes. not going to be. He's not happy about being trafficked. <laughs> it's such a. We had um, 
we had Martin here in our first Artivism sh um, um, chat and he's absolutely amazing. So if you don't know him, check out his profile. And Tom, I completely agree. It's such a powerful, powerful Artivism piece. So yes, um, great one. So I'll be brief. For me, it's, it's photography. Um, that's what I'm doing on a, on a very amateurish level. Um, underwater and, and uh, great photographs uh, um, are what inspires me the most, but I'm not an artivist, so I, I just appreciate the art. And if I'm supposed to put it down to like one specific one, there's an old book from David Dubier uh, that I have, and he's got some very nice pictures, half and half, above and below water, and one that a lot of people did after him, which is... Uh, basically a swirl of, uh, of, of fish taken from below, a couple of hundred fish that are rotating above him. Kimberly. Uh, yeah, for me, it was not a specific artwork um, that inspired me uh, to um, be an artivism, um, but more or less a uh, documentary. So maybe you know the cove, the cove? Or the cave? No, the cove. The cove, yeah. Yes. The cove with a dolphin killing. Yes. Yeah. Oh um, my always God. Uh, Rick O'Berry inspired me and um, yeah. I mean, he was also a dolphin trainer in his first years and then he changed his mind and uh, got into work um, to save dolphins and whales. Yeah, and the documentary inspired me a lot. Yeah, if um, people in the audience who are listening, if you haven't watched it yet, um, it's worth watching. It's, um, I mean, I don't know if people can watch it. I was in tears the whole time, but it's so powerful. And um, I'm a huge fan of Louis Fizuriu. I can't say his name, but uh, I love him. And he has done amazing, amazing, amazing films. So that's a really good one as well. And Evie, I wanted to ask you something because I've seen on your website that um, have you created the, it's your work, right? The um, tuxedo with the, um, with the cigarette butts on it, right? Yes. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I've used that image so many times uh, in like presentations uh, to schools and things like that uh, when I was talking about um, plastic pollution, cigarette Buds and things like that. So yeah, congratulations! Such a powerful image. So well done. <laughs> and do you have anything that influenced you, like an image of photography? Um, uh, just before that, I would be happy to send you more content on cigarette butts pollution because I'm very busy with that. Um, and what inspired me? So besides um, leopards and snow leopards and other big cats that I'm like always inspired by. Um, I can say that there is a specific work. And um, so this, there is the Bruges whale, the whale from Bruges. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's a huge, huge, huge whale coming out of the water in Bruges, um, in Belgium. So that's that thing really, really inspired me. I was, I was really really impressed <laughs> and made me want to do something like that and I think it's a combination between this and dioramas I think um, museum dioramas are art by itself um, 
I always, I still, I still do want to create a diorama myself one day that illustrates the impact of plastic pollution on nature, how it's, it's just a part of nature now. And I think it deserves a diorama. <laughs> so I really want to be realistic in my art. So dioramas, and then I want to use trash. Um, so trash art. Yeah, and um, for, for, for people who don't know that whale, it's um, also made of big plastic pieces, but it is absolutely stunning. So, yeah. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> Didn't want to interrupt. No, it's all good. I just wanted to say thank you all so much. I think it's amazing to hear, the art, hear about the art that inspires artists and it gives us all uh, broader knowledge of artists out there who are doing great stuff. Um, real quick on the diorama side of things, there's an artist, Mark Dion, um, who does a lot of work with sort of musification of objects and objects in museums and uh, a lot of displays of his, or containers, vitrines for his artworks are these old, um, almost cabinet of curiosity type pieces. So that could be of interest. Uh, on the cigarette butt side of things, there's Chris Jordan. He is the one who did the images of the birds with stomachs full of plastic. But he also has these beautiful, large-scale abstract prints of like how, how many cigarettes are smoked in a minute or an hour. And it just is like a giant orange square. But as you get closer to the image, it reveals what it is. Um, and I'll also throw one out there. And everybody will know the artist, but may not know the specific series. Uh, but Andy Warhol's Endangered Animal series, Animal series, which I didn't know about. I knew Warhol, of course, is from a young age. But I was at the California Academy of Sciences, and I was walking to the bathroom, and on the wall I saw just these beautiful images of tigers, endangered butterflies, sea turtles orangutans and I was like these sort of look like Warhols but I like he's a celebrity portrait type of guy in Campbell soup cans like I had no idea he had done this whole series um, to sort of help the environment which would have been back in the late 70s early 80s um, so that was one which has always just really stuck with me um, and a great little uh, tidbit of info or series to check out so thank you everyone yeah, I'm, I'm Googling while you're talking, actually. I was just looking at everything. Uh, I love the Chris Jordan cigarette, but that's insane. I mean, that is so beautiful in a way and sad at the same time. And um, the cigarette buds, I mean, every, every you probably know, but they are a huge water pollution issue as well. Um, we might just think they are dirt, but it's actually the water they pollute and um, it, it is a huge problem. Um, so yeah, if you're a smoker, make sure they don't land on the floor for people who listen in the audience, because it would it does make a huge difference um, to not have them on the ground. And we just touched a little bit on um, on our next question um, already, but maybe we can still go um, a little bit deeper and hear a little bit more. So, but Taylor, that was a great question. I think I'm gonna. <laughs> We should implement that in our future future art art rooms because I think that is so important. Um, who and how we are influenced, um, and in what we create. 
So that was a great one. And um, yeah, on my our next question would be, where do you see yourself in a few years and how do you hope you can influence others? I mean, do you hope you can create art that prevents people from doing something? Um, or yeah, where do you see yourself? And as um, in your bio, Alicia, you said you work with the BBC in partnership by making wildlife filmmaking. Is there something we can um, look forward to in the future? So yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, so I'm currently yeah, doing, doing my master's um, in Bristol um, at the University of the West England. Um, and um, so I guess like the thing I've always really wanted to work in is the wildlife film industry. So hopefully in a, in a few years I'll be, I'll be doing that. Um, but also I, I never want to stop doing my art. So I want to continue doing um, sort of the other work I do, so art and writing and um, photography. So I guess as well in a few years, I'd, I'd really love to have organised um, a sort of an artivism exhibition of, 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 of my work, I think. I think that'd be really cool. And, and if it's a few years' time, then maybe that's not too ambitious. Um. <laughs> I think that sounds very realistic looking at your work, <laughs> but it's a good one. Um, but yeah, and I guess I think with all my work, again, be it like art or film or, or writing, like I, I want it to make a difference to people, even if it's just someone thinking even if it's just like an awareness of something so people just knowing oh this species exists somewhere in the world or you know it doesn't have to sort of incite a massive change I think it would be great if it did but I think realistically I don't I don't know if you know everyone will change their behavior based on, on one piece of art but obviously that's the dream so <laughs> um yeah and dreams are there to live them <laughs> as, as the saying goes um, I'm gonna jump over Norbert because uh, we don't we don't need to hear his. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Norbert. <laughs> but we're gonna jump over to Kimberly. So um, yeah, tell us more, please. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's a that's a tough question. So where do I see myself in five years? Um, yeah, I hope that I can pursue my passion and to work um, as an artist. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a good question. So, um, I would like to, um, to connect art and, um, science and, um, I have the plan to go in, um, in schools, so to do some courses on art, but also to, um, to give them an insight into um, science as well and also conservation. Um, I plan this for this year. So I got an offer um, to uh, go into a school and do there uh, some courses on art and also biology. Um, yeah, but just doing uh, what I love to do and um, do more artwork and inspire other people. That's a good one. Inspire other people, especially when you go into schools and teach um, science with art together. I think artivism as a um, ocean wildlife conservation art doesn't really exist today in universities. When you study art, you do the classical kind of artwork. So I think that's a really good one. Um, Ivy. 
Um, Kimberly, that sounds actually amazing. <laughs> um, combining science and art. Um, if there is a place that does that, um, I would love to hear more about it <laughs> afterwards, um, after the chat. Um, so what I, where do I see myself in 10 years? Um, five. <laughs> actually before I in five years, 10, five, <laughs> um, before I, I arrived to England to study my master's in an Oxford Brookes university, I did, um, I initiated the first exhibition in Israel about plastic pollution and involving science, art and environment. And that was like the first of its kind. And I was hoping to do a little bit more of that when I come back. Um, but I do also want to do a PhD at some point and do science, especially ethnoprimatology and conservation, um, which is which is what I'm going to be doing for my thesis. Um, but it's really interesting to use art for conservation of primates as well um, not just like I mean we can use plastic plastic waste to create any animal and raise awareness about it um, but there is just so much impact that is not as unknown or underestimated um, of plastic on other animals far from the ocean um, so maybe doing that a little bit um yeah so <laughs> i hope to be still doing both science and art i find our run today really inspiring we had a i had a little chat with kim uh, earlier as well and i was saying i would love to study um marine biology but i i feel like you know i would just have the art background um would that would i be even you know you know could i even do that but it's it's a it's the first time we have around uh, this um, guest that are just uh, women and they all come from the science background and they're all artists at the same time. So it, for me, it's a very inspiring um, conversation tonight as well. And you're so right, Evie, plastic pollution touches every animal. It's uh, the even us, um, as we said, with the endocrine disruptors. So it's it's really everywhere. So it's so important to raise awareness. And Taylor, we haven't spoken in a while um, about your plans. Do you also want to kind of just say a little bit um, what you've been working on, what's coming? Yeah, um, just to build off of what was just said. Um, just so, Sorry, I'm just giving everybody a lot of names today. It's one of those days. Uh, but in the late 1800s, there was a photographer, Anna Atkins, who did these beautiful cyanotypes of algae and kelps along the English coast uh, and later on all over the world. Um, but she was credited with, or she is now credited with creating the first photo book and first artist book, um, which I think is just absolutely amazing that this woman back in, like back in the earliest days of photography was already thinking ahead into how to start presenting this mass amount of uh, work. And she was an artist, a scientist, and that connection between arts and sciences really started um, with artist scientists and sort of bifurcated off from there throughout the years. But I think more and more we're seeing those two fields start to come back together to really uh, promote a positive change in our world. Um, so that was just one thought I had, but 
terms of stuff that I'm working on currently, uh, I'm doing a residency in Los Angeles County, um, which is looking at rebuilding communities through art uh, post-COVID. So I'm working down in San Pedro, right on the coast, uh, with a couple different nonprofits um, to do uh, sort of conversations between artists and scientists, beach cleanups, art making workshops for children, but also people of all ages. So really working to get out in the community and build a connection between the community and the ocean, which is right in their backyard, well, all of our backyards down there. <clears throat> um, other than that, just try to maintain a sense of studio practice and production. I'm working on creating some large format cyanotype pieces of kelps and other algaes down there and really uh, trying to make some really, really big pieces. So that's about the latest stuff that's going on. I went, I got to go diving uh, this past week, which was great to get back in the water. Um, yeah. Um, can I say something? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded uh, very interesting, Taylor. So you're doing cyanotypes of kelps? Yes, uh, I've been doing them for a little over a year now. I had started doing cyanotype uh, back when I was in high school. I had a teacher who was very into alternative photography processes. And I was one of like two or three students who had a real interest in using old processes. Um, so he had taught me how to do the cyanotype process. And recently when I was finishing up my master, my MFA uh, in studio art, um, I sort of went back to it and started to create uh, small cyanotypes that I then combined to create these larger pieces. But now I want to try and actually show the real scale and size of like the macrocystis and the nariocystis and these other amazing kelps and algaes we have off the coast here in actual size and try and convey the real scale of how big these amazing um, algaes are and how important they are to the larger ecosystem. Wow, this is really amazing. I mean, macrocystis is uh, my favorite um, kelp or seaweed. Likewise, it's, it's an absolutely amazing and just the rate that it grows at um, and how big it gets and it becomes like a vertical reef almost, a vertical ecosystem um, rather than the horizontal. Well, it's horizontal too, but it's working in two dimensions where coral reefs are more working in uh, not one dimension, but in just this different way. Yeah, it is also um, one dream of mine to see um, in the future the um, macrocystis or dive into a kelp forest. There's, there's, out, they're out there and they're absolutely wonderful. I was lucky enough, I was diving in one uh, Saturday and Sunday along the California coast here. We are going to come and visit you, Taylor. I'm going to dive into that kelp forest. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, I had I had a feeling beforehand that uh, Kim and you, Taylor, um, there's a connection there. And I hope uh, um, 
people in this room uh, be able to connect after the chat as well because this is one of the reasons we are running this room so we connect to other artists we get inspired we we make friendships so and if you click on if also for people in the audience if you click on someone's uh, profile you can see their instagram account you can see a small bio so you can find um, their instagram account you can see the work they're doing and um, yeah and get in touch as well and um, i just wanted to say at this moment if anyone from the audience has any questions um, please feel free um, to raise um, raise your hand. I don't think we have a hand raising off. I think it's all fine. Um, but often, because we talk so intense um, about each of um, our what each of our guests are doing, that most of the time there are actually not many questions. So I'm just gonna give it a few minutes and don't be shy if you if you want to come up and um, ask a question or. or even say if you're an artist, I see Emma in the audience who's been here last week, who's an incredible artist, uh, very inspirational. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to come up, please feel free. Otherwise, we're going to run this room for about an hour, so which is um, soon over. Um, and I would give everyone the chance to um, pluck themselves to tell us where we can find their work, if we can buy some artwork, where we can buy the artwork. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to give it a few seconds. I don't know if you want to say something beforehand, Norbert, or I have another question. And yeah, don't be shy if anyone in the audience has a question. I just would like to add and, and make a plug that I, that I often do. Uh, um, one, uh, those of us like myself who are not artists, uh, 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 come and see this room. The less you have to do with art, the more you can learn. Um, so, uh, Amanda, William, uh, Anjana, people who are new to Clubhouse, welcome. Uh, we, we love to hear from you. And uh, this is one thing I can highly recommend. And the other one, as, as a diver, I learned tremendously from uh, marine biologists who went diving with me uh, about all kinds of details, like uh, Kimberly and Taylor were talking about right now, that, that you would not understand by just uh, looking at things underwater and remaining ignorant. Uh, so I can highly recommend uh, getting getting talking to them, or if you are a scuba diver or a, a snorkeler, to uh, find groups where um, they generously share uh, uh, their knowledge. Uh, sometimes even above water. So uh, um, in the summer, I was in, in on Crete and uh, in a diving school. One of the uh, uh, dive instructors was a marine biologist and just gave a talk about something. So uh, even for those of us who, who didn't study uh, uh, this uh, specialty, there's, there's a lot to learn if, uh, if you're curious. And uh, lastly, uh, a number more inspirational people, Jacques Cousteau. I remembered as we were talking, I'm, I'm a little bit older than, than many people here. Uh, he was uh, inspirational and Hans Haas, a German uh, um, um, researcher who was uh, becoming quickly a, an expert on sharks. Um, so sometimes you just get role models uh, um, on BBC. Obviously, you got a lot of documentaries or so you can you can uh, enjoy tremendously either on TV or on, on Netflix. You have uh, a number of those as well. So if you have questions about any of those, let us know and we can direct you towards those. Perfect, Norbert. And I just wanted to say we're going to run two more Artivism chats before the summer break. So there's one in April and one in May. We already have a few guests um, 
lined up for that, but I'm always looking for artists who make a difference. So if you know anyone, um, please uh, send, send them our way. And so we are not having any questions. So we're just going to go around one last time and then we're going to close the room. And um, yeah, so Alicia, where can, can we buy your work? Um, or is there, is there something you sell? Do you have a website, Instagram account? Um, please tell us how we can find you. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much because it's been really fun and it's been so, so cool uh, meeting you all. Um, yeah, um, I do sell work and I do take commissions. Um, so I've got some prints available, including of my whale piece, and they're available on my website. Um, and the, I think there's a, a link to my website in the bio on, um, on, on, on Clubhouse. But also, if you go to any of my social media pages, all of which are Alicia Hayden Wildlife, um, there's links to my website there. Um, and I also take commissions and I have a poetry book. And um, yeah, all of those things are kind of ways of supporting me, I guess. Um, yeah. Perfect. Um, Kim? Kim, it was kind of cut off. Maybe you didn't uh, hear Nina. How oh, can we yeah. get more uh, of your work or can support you in any form? Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, I have a website called um, kimsmarinelive.com, uh, um, but you can also find me on Instagram. Um, my name is kimsmarinelive, or um, yeah, you can buy my products um, on Etsy, or you can find also some of my original artworks on my website. And um, otherwise, if you uh, want to have a commission piece, um, then you can always write me a message um, via Instagram or just um, via email. Thank you so much. <laughs> Evie. Um, thank you. It was, it was really nice i enjoyed a lot and it's super inspiring again um to hear from you um i am <laughs> so because i'm currently full time studying for my masters and probably will be in the jungles of peru hopefully in the next few months um i will be back in israel in september october and be back doing art full time um, but you're all invited to follow me on Instagram. Um, and I have a website. It's called uh, Evie. Uh, I don't know how to say it in English. Dash, like just line. Minus, yeah. Uh, or underscore. Yeah, it, it's not It's not on the bottom of the line. It's like in so the it's, middle. It's yeah. like minus, yeah. Dash. Dash, dash or minus. Is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. So evie-art.com. Um, you can see my art there and again, Instagram and Facebook. And also another thing I wanted to say, I know it might be a little bit pressing for the, for the end, but there is this paper I'm telling everyone about that like really got my attention is that um, microplastic was um, found in chimpanzee hair. And that means that it's probably in their bodies too. And that's like, it was an alarm call that we need to focus um, our efforts also um, in, in inland and plastic is basically everywhere and this really really got me like 
a little angry, <laughs> but also more inspired to to do more art and more research. And um, yeah, just wanted to <laughs> just wanted to bring this up. And thank I, you again I, for, totally for having me. You. I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt, you know, I was just saying I totally feel you. I had this microplastic endocrine disruptors in the tissue of our, our bodies. I completely, I completely feel you. Um, do you know if you see my image behind me on this photo, it's yeah. also mm -hmm. the plastic organs. So it's something um, completely understand your worries and um, really thankful you raising so much awareness of that because it's important that it's not just us, it's animals, it's not just sea creatures, it's land animals. And um, Peru, amazing. I've done my honeymoon in Peru, so I love it there. So um, I, I hope you will have um, a nice time. Do you, do you know where you're going exactly? Um, to the Amazon part, to the Peruvian Amazon. Hope to not find too much plastic there, <laughs> but hopefully I will find monkeys. <laughs> we hope so too, yeah. Um, Taylor, do you just want to tell us in the audience how we can find you and do you have anything for sale we can buy? <laughs> um, so the best ways to find me, I have my Instagram linked in my bio, uh, 510-TAY, 510-TAY, uh, or my website, which is taylorgriffithphoto.com. Um, other things I have coming up, I have actually a first conversation between an artist and a scientist coming up next Thursday on Zoom at 6.30, and the link for that is in my bio. Um, again, on this sort of topic of microplastics, uh, it's gonna be with artist Blue McWright, who has been using ocean plastics in her work since the late 90s. And she, her, all of her work is about the relationship between humans and water and the body and water. And it'll be a conversation with her and Captain Charles Moore who in 1997 uh, discovered the Northern Pacific Garbage Patch and has since set up a foundation to go out and continuously study ocean plastics and the uh, garbage patches across the world. Um, so that conversation will be happening next week. Uh, I don't really have any um, things set up for sale currently, um, but there are if you look at my Instagram and if there's anything you see on there that you like, just feel free to reach out to me um, and we can work something out. So hopefully more will come in future. And just thank you everyone for being here. This has been great and I've loved hearing about everybody's practices and their work. And these rooms are always so inspiring. They always make me want to get back in the studio and get working again. So thank you everyone. Just to build on uh, Taylor, Nina may, may have more detail. We had uh, two gentlemen uh, in, in one of our previous rooms, Dave Hammock, and uh, I don't remember his, his partner in crime. They were moving from the south of the States to Hawaii to actually collect from that garbage uh, patch um, plastic and then refurbish it, uh, not refurbish, uh, recycle it in some form and uh, produce clothing or so. Nina, do you remember that? Yeah, completely. It was Dave, you're right. And um, they were tr uh, trying to make products. Uh, I don't know where they are now, because it's, I think it's been a year almost since yes. they told us. But um, yeah, completely. I, I, I tried to invite uh, Dave a bit earlier, but he might not even be on, on Clubhouse anymore. 
Yeah, but we can always send him a message afterwards and find out what he's doing and connect to him. So, um, and what I what I find so shocking is that um, the it was discovered like over twenty years ago. It's such a long time, and I feel like we're still we're still working on this problem of plastic pollution and. Um, yeah, sometimes it's getting worse uh, with the pandemics and things like that. So, but this is also uh, why it's so great to have people like you in this room who care so passionate about the environment, who raise awareness. And I really enjoyed tonight. Um, loved hearing from all of you. So thank you for coming and being here and sharing your story with us. Um, so huge thank you. Um, and we're gonna close the room. I already said there are gonna be two more artivism sheds before the summer break and just ahead, one little uh, reminder for those of you who uh, enjoyed listening to yourselves or uh, listening to us uh, from the audience um, at the top right you see something that says replays on so um, a couple of minutes after this room will be closed uh, either under the scuba club if you go to the top left and the greenhouse next to it um, and either become a member or, or find it uh, later on, you can, you can replay uh, uh, this room or have somebody else listen to it and uh, your contributions in it. Um, just if you want to throw them that way, uh, they need to be members of Clubhouse, I think. Yes, perfect. So, um, yeah, so I, I hope everyone had a good time and a uh, huge thank you from my side, also to my co-moderators. Uh, shame Janavi wasn't here tonight, but uh, as I said, she will be there next time. And um, yeah, so thank you everyone and um, hear you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye thank, everyone. You. thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye everybody. Thanks so much.